Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, good evening. Welcome to this week's Man in the Post Extra Time. I'm your host, I'm Chris. Uh, with me this week, I've got just, or well, not just, I've got Alex. How are you? I'm, I'm very well. I th- only Alex rather than just Alex. Only Alex, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. probably the best way of saying it. Uh, we're going to be talking international games this week. Uh, some bits and bobs of news. Um, Lionel Messi's boots. And some Premier League previews for this weekend. So, uh, I've only sort of written notes for the Holland game because I can't really remember... Germany because that was the weekend um, and normally I only do stuff on a weekdays for this podcast so which games did you see? Um, I watched the England-Germany game quite intently because I I was on TalkSport at midnight discussing it with Tom Latcham Ooh, get you. Uh, yeah right I you know the graveyard shift on the day that the clocks went forward as well so I, I unwittingly ended up getting off my night bus back to Richmond at like four o'clock in the morning or something stupid. Talksport at midnight used to be brilliant when it had Caesar the Geezer on. <laughs> I, I, I must confess that I, I don't tend to listen to it. Um, I'm very much a Radio 4 person. <laughs> but um, He's not it, on Radio 4 Caesar the Geezer. No, no. Um, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, a guy called Oliver from Bognor Regis, who was both posh and probably drunk, uh, ended up hanging up on me when I, I kind of said that what he was advocating was a return to Stan Cullis and Charles Reap and he got very upset and hung up on me so that was fun. Oh you were hosting were you? Well I was a pundit I suppose. Were you? Yeah. Oh wow. I know. That's very exciting and someone hung up on you? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It was great. (laughs) Bugger Bogner as someone once said. Well that was my dad's response actually when I told him about it. Was it? (laughs) Yeah. Oh there you go I feel like I'm in a very esteemed company there. Absolutely. I think it was George the Third or someone's last words. It was, yes, yes, um, yeah. So I watched that because yep. I was because I was then being asked to talk about it, and I, I kind of I did have probably um, you know half an eye on on the England Holland game, um, but I didn't I didn't watch it quite as intensely, um, and I think there was always going to be a certain kind of flattening after after the Germany result, when everyone was so excited. and We were going to win the World Cup after that, weren't we? Well, obviously we were, um, because that's what happens. But I think um, I think the Germany game was, was encouraging as much for the performance as, as it was for the result. And obviously it's difficult to get a result without a performance, but I think the, the change in the way that England played with this... Um, high pressing high tempo direct style was was really exciting um and i i generally get quite turned off by um certainly by friendlies but by international football in general um 
And it was the first time in quite some time I remember watching England and thinking, oh, this this side's actually quite handy. Yeah, until Rooney comes straight back in. Well, uh, Jonathan Wilson wrote a, an article possibly today or yesterday about various things to do with England. Um, and, and he did address the Rooney question. And he made, as usual, very sensible points. You know, Rooney captained... England to 10 straight wins in qualification and was actually playing well before he got injured. I I think my major problem with Rooney being... I, I have no issue with him being in the squad, obviously. I think my problem with, with putting him into the starting lineup is less about Rooney than as a comparison with who would be dropped. Yeah. Um, I think Harry Kane at the moment is, is a wonderful to watch. His finish against Germany was was extraordinary um and he he's direct and purposeful but but seems to play intelligently as well he's not just a head down and charge forwards kind of player and and i also think jamie vardy much as i dislike him as a human being has quite a lot to to bring as well and i just feel like it would it would be a, a difficult step to integrate Rooney into a team that seems to be functioning very well without him, which is not to say he's not a good footballer, but I just felt like the balance of that England side was was right, and I feel like he would probably slow stuff down. Um, you know. But... That, that Holland game, we had 15 shots, of which only three are on target, though. Yeah, that's true, and and I think that that Holland presented a different challenge. They they sat a lot deeper. Um, Riccardi Bazoa was was effectively like a um, you know a, a kind of an anchor man in front of the defence, um, and a lot of those shots were from quite a way out. Uh, Germany were more open and more attacking, as you'd expect from a side at home, and you know a side as good as Germany. I think Holland came to kind of nullify a threat and were able to do that. And it was, it wasn't encouraging, I think, to see how England didn't respond to that tactically. Um, but I think Holland had a game plan which they affected well. Hmm. Um, there was an article on the Football Pink this week by Chris Smith uh, at CD Smith789. Did you see it? Um, I didn't see it, but I know Chris, and he's great. He is. He's very lovely. Um, he wrote an article about um, minute silences, of all things, and okay. whether they're too mawkish or you know whether we just have them at the drop of a hat nowadays. Uh, obviously, the reasons for Tuesday's minute silences and applauses were very sincere. Um, but you reckon he's got a point? I know you probably won't expect any question like this. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, um, I think I think they they can be. Um, I think there's there's instances maybe where where sport sort of. I think sport can be, and this is not a football thing. This is a sport thing generally. Can be a bit posturing, um, and kind of wear its grief on its sleeve a little bit. Yeah. Um, because I think sport sees itself as a kind of moral leader in some respects. And, you know, this is the, the standard FIFA rhetoric about football being this kind of beautiful world changing game. And, and I think sometimes the, the governing bodies of sports feel like it's incumbent upon them to, um, to sort of 
stand for the grief of a whole country or something like that. I'm not entirely sure what they think they're doing, but um, I, I don't know. It's sort of um, it, it, it. I'm not uncomfortable with them doing it. Mm. I, I just, I suppose, I feel like it, it needs to be for the right reasons, and it doesn't have to be every single time. Um, I, I'm more keen on things like the uh, the applause. Yeah, you know, that's that's something that is um, is to me seems like a more positive gesture, a, a kind of a happy remembrance yeah. rather than a group of people standing around. You know, you're asking footballers in some instances to or, or rugby players or whoever it is to to remember people that they've actually got no personal connection with whatsoever. And, and yet the cameras are right there on them and. And it's sort of it's it's about them, and it, it, that just feels a bit weird. Whereas if the crowd is celebrating a memory by by clapping, uh, and I know there are lots of teams that do it for for fans uh, in particular minutes, you know, fans that have been long-standing um, supporters of a side, that to me feels like more of a celebration and, and more appropriate for the setting. I think. Yeah, everything I know about morality and the obligations of men, I owe it to football. Yes, Albert Camus. That's the one. So yeah, um, Scotland. Did you see their game versus Denmark? Uh, I didn't. No. Did you see the goal? They won one nil. Matt Ritchie. Right. Um, a wonderful mix-up between Daniel Agger and Casper Schmeichel. Um, it was Agger's to head back to Schmeichel, but he left it thinking Schmeichel was coming out. Who left it for Agger thinking he was heading back to him? One of those. Ah. <laughs> and Matt Oops. Ritchie just sneaked in the middle and scored. It was brilliant. Um, I'm not sure it was funnier, the cock-up between the two or the argument they had with each other afterwards. Well, he's, he's got his dad's temper as Casper. Yeah. Well, I, I think um, I think good goalkeepers have to... They either have to be sort of almost ascetically silent and focused or they have to be quite, quite ragey because they've got to control a defence, haven't they? They've got to... Yeah. dominate the box dominate the opposition and but to an extent also you know shout and scream at the four or five players that are arrayed in front of them well, uh, we're, f- we're fully fledged members of the paid up members of the goalkeepers union aren't we 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 certainly are not that i've put my gloves on for quite some time but i certainly was was very much in the uh the angry camp it's, a, life- it. <laughs> it's a lifetime membership i yeah. watched a couple of years ago i watched truro city versus basingstoke town um, and the Basingstoke goalkeeper was a captain, which is just one of the, the cap, uh, captains should only be central defenders or central midfielders. Definitely not a goalkeeper because he was having to come about 30 yards out of his area to shout at his defenders, to shout a message to the midfield, to shout a message to the strikers. Goalkeepers as captains don't work. No, I, I mean, there must be, surely Peter Schmeichel, was Peter Schmeichel captain of that, that Denmark side that won the Euros? Uh, I don't think he was. Dino Zoff was captain of Italy when they won the World Cup. Buffon's been captain a few times, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's been around forever, hasn't he? So it'd be a bit weird if he hadn't been. Uh, yes. Well, I don't know. You'd have Kalini, wouldn't you, at Juventus? Uh, well, Buffon's kind of almost my favourite footballer of all time. So. Oh, yes, definitely. I, I, in fact, somebody I can't remember who it was was asking recently what the the first game of football that people remember. I think it was Rob Brown actually. Mm. The first game of football that 
anyone remembers watching. And for me, weirdly, it was Buffon's debut for Parma. Oh, right. Um, on, on Football Italia. And I, I can't remember when it was now. I had to look it up, but you know, sort of mid nineties. And everyone was talking about this incredible 17 year old kid. And it was against AC Milan and he proceeded to be spellbindingly good. And I just thought at that point, okay, you're like, I'm going to idolize you now. Oh, I love him to bits. In fact, the other week when they lost in the Champions League to Bayern Munich, of all the people to break his heart, it was, it was Thomas Muller who's my favorite German. Oh, really? Yeah, that was quite a gut-wrenching moment, that was, because I love the pair of them. Someone said on Twitter yesterday, because Mario Goetze, we talk might talk about in a minute, has been linked with Liverpool, um, and I suggested Thomas Muller to uh, a guy I follow, and he said he'd quite happily murder all 7,000 of his Twitter followers if it meant getting Thomas Muller at Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with him. <laughs> uh, I um, Yeah, my, my significant other's favourite footballer is Thomas Muller. Oh, he's brilliant. Um, I mean, yes, obviously she's not picking him for, for that, but um, I, I, I was then, I know, right? I said, seriously? And then I sent her a picture of Graziano Pella saying, surely he is much, much more handsome. And her response was that he was too good looking and spends too much time on his eyebrows. And she was sticking with Muller. Oh, no, my wife's, um, well, she's all, she'll always be in love with Morton Hackett from, uh-huh, but she's, um, she's, her football crush is Olaf Melberg. Oh yeah, okay, I can I can get behind that Some rugged Viking look. He's yes, mo, mo, I, that sort of that strapping Scandinavian piercing eye. I, I'm sounding quite homoerotic. Yeah. yeah, well, it didn't it's... make me feel any way inadequate as a human being either to be in a slightly overweight man <laughs> in my mid thirties. <laughs> Hey, th- this this is what hall pass lists are for, though. I mean, it's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you just accept it, don't you? Yeah. Like, obviously, I'm never going to be as handsome as Henry Cavill. I can just relax about it. No, well, at least you didn't say sort of like peek down the road or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that guy in the bakery, he's yeah. fucking... <laughs> I would. <laughs> uh, Lars Olsen was the Euro 92 captain for okay. Denmark. Okay. Yeah. Um, did you see any of Northern Ireland Slovenia? Fantastic goal from Connor Washington here. Um, I saw the goal, um, but that's the only bit of it I caught. Yeah, well, that's the only bit I caught as well, but I thought it was very good. Okay. Very pleasing he's a QPR player as well. Um, ten games unbeaten for Northern Ireland. It's the first time. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, I think, we, I think we're in a position where you know, Scotland are obviously starting to sort of play reason. I mean, Scotland have always threatened to be good. I mean, they've got some decent players, obviously. But, you know, home nations are actually looking, you know, again, you add Wales into that mix. Um, it's some quite pleasing football being played. Yeah. Roy uh, Carroll saved the penalty as well, didn't he? And Roy Carroll still being around was something of a surprise, <laughs> yeah. I have to be Roy, honest. Roy Carroll, who you never see in the same room as Marquis Smith from the fall. Very true. He Roy Carroll played at least one season in somewhere really Greece. random. It was Greece. It was Olympiakos or Panathinaikos, one of the two. Yeah, yeah, which is, I think, my... I think him and David James going to Iceland for a year are my sort of two favourite slightly random goalkeeping things. I can't remember where David James went now. He went to Iceland, didn't he? He did. Well, no, he he did go to Iceland. I can't remember which side it was. Oh, God. Um, you, you're asking us to remember... A, it's probably somewhere with lots of Fs and Ys and Ws. 
that's pretty standard for them, isn't it? I'm actually just going to look it up very quickly because I, I genuinely want to know this now. So if you want to fill for about 20 seconds. I'll fill for 20 seconds, yeah. Uh, on Monday, uh, Ukraine beat Wales 1-0. Yarmolenko, who I think Brendan Rodgers was available on a free transfer last summer, um, <laughs> scored from a, a very uh, soft marking from a free kit ball sort of chipped into the area and he sort of took it in the near post. Um and then Tuesday, Republic of Ireland 2, Slovakia 2. Uh, Republic of Ireland scored two penalties. Um, mm, Shane Long. Shane Long, yeah. Uh, and then Rob Elliott uh, is gone. Probably going to miss the Euros, but probably more important, well, just as importantly, he's looking like he missed the rest of the Premier League season for Newcastle, who have already lost Tim Krull, of course. Although they do have, uh, is it Freddie Woodman? Who's considered to be one of the best prospects in English goalkeeping so it might be a good opportunity for him to to step in I think he needs to be yeah no indeed I've I've heard and read very good things about him um David James was a IBV Vestmaniaire is that how you pronounce it if you're Icelandic is it I have literally no (laughs) idea he played 17 times for them um so that's good he then went to the Kerala Blasters of all things. The where? Kerala Blasters. I think they're in the Indian Premier League. Oh, yeah, he managed them, didn't he? Yeah. Um, this was in a big to stave off his bankruptcy, which didn't quite work. According to Wikipedia, one of their nicknames is the God's Own Team. So, <laughs> that's, right. yeah, nothing hyperbolic about that <laughs> whatsoever. Uh, other international friendlies, Switzerland nil, Bosnia 2, uh, Germany 4, Italy 1. Um, that's their first victory over the Italians for 21 years. Which is kind of a surprise, isn't it? Yeah, I would have thought of that. Um, Ed Edin Dzeko has now become the highest international scorer for any of the former Yugoslav countries um, with his goals in that game. Has he really? Yes. Mm. Um, I dread to think how many chances it must have taken for him to score. <laughs> I think Dzeko is one of those players who's really good except when he's in England. I, I've seen him play for Roma a few times this season and I mean, oh, the okay. game against Real Madrid in the Champions League at the Bernabeu he's missed chance after chance OK I take it back I do like him but uh, and, you know he's one of those players that when you see miss you really feel for him yeah um, Portugal 2 Belgium 1 Ronaldo scored uh, obviously Belgium minds possibly elsewhere but France 4 Russia 2 now we talked pre-podcast about the Payet goal didn't we we did I'm, that was a free kick from about 35 yards out. Yes. I'm not entirely sure that's the best goal of the game. My issue with free kicks, as I was speaking to Ryan about this, is it's a dead ball that no one is allowed to close down. So that surely they don't count as much. Ooh. Uh, hmm. I think you've got a point there. But then I think there's also something from an aesthetic point of view that the, the static nature of it allows you to really appreciate what's happened. Oh, yes, definitely. You can kind of see everything framed rather beautifully. Yes. Um, and, and, you know, a good, a good either curling free kick or a proper bullet, is uh, there's something to be said for that. Yeah, definitely. Um, the Kante goal was good, wasn't it? The first one, there was some nice little interplay of passes for that one. And then the Kingsley Common goal, where he did that sort of five-a-side thing where you'd Make the keeper fall on his arse three yeah. times. He, I mean, Common is 
is a wonderful player and and was has been so good for Bayern this season. Um, and he's he's on some sort of, I think it's it's like a two year loan deal with an option to buy, which is effectively shifting a player off your books two seasons early because obviously if it's someone like him, he's going to get bought. Um, he says he doesn't want to go back to you. Well, yeah, which is a, I mean, it's an odd thing, isn't it? Because Pogba's there and they're obviously um, mates, but then I don't know, buy and buy and so. Mm. Um, I just, I think France have just got such an extraordinary array of attacking talent at the moment. Um, and, you know, there's people like Lacazette coming back. There's Nabil Fakir, who's, who's a, another young, um, Olympic Lyonnais guy. Um, they've got Griezmann, they've got Pogba, they've got Kerman. It's, it's just, and I, Benzema probably won't get called up for various reasons, mm. but, you know, if, if you, if you can afford to leave someone like Benzema at home for moral reasons, then you're you're in quite good nick. Yeah, you're doing okay. Yeah. Uh, right. Some well. They ah, they're a they're a team with a uh, goalkeeper as a captain, aren't they? Lloris. Yeah. Uh, who else would you have? Matuidi, maybe. I mean, I think Matuidi's a wonderful player. Him uh, and Verratti in that midfield are fantastic. Oh, he's just he's just a bundle of energy, isn't he? And mm. him, him and Pogba together, um, and and then Kante doing the sort of slightly more. I'm really chuffed because I um, I wrote a piece back in well probably August I think um, maybe early September saying that Kante would be one of the signings of the season for Leicester. I have to say purely based on how good he was in Football Manager, um, and uh, yes, no shame in that and. Um, and I've been proved majestically right on that score. Um, he's he's just wonderful. I use championship managers sometimes. I've got my championship manager from 2000-2001, which is my favourite version, because it's the one you can actually play without pretty much having to do it as a full-time job. Yes. Um, and, yeah, every now and then you, you pull up a name, and then you see them in real life, and you think, ah, I got you. Mm, yeah, yeah, exactly that. Yeah, uh, but it, although it's also fun to to see the ones that I mean, you know, everyone talks about Cherno Samba and Mark Kerr, but Kennedy back at Chiloglu. right? Um, well, there's there's a host of of, um, of Scandinavian ones. Yeah, but well, I am um, one of them. Yeah, I, I remember. I think probably the first version of the game that I played, which was maybe ninety seven, ninety six, ninety seven. I had a Napoli save with a a Belarusian forward called Sergei Nikiforenko, whose stats were fucking terrible, but scored like a goal and a half a game. Um, and just, I mean, he he almost didn't seem to exist in real life. It was like, he never went anywhere. He never did anything. But in Championship Manager, as was, he was the fucking king. That Wikipedia conversation we had pre-recording. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. you do that with championship manager players from 15 years ago. That's brilliant to see where they some of them ended up. Yeah, yeah. Um, so World Cup qualifiers. Uh, Asia had some this week. Um, they're down to their final 12 for, I think they go one more round of qualifying, don't they? To, or they do a couple more rounds of qualifying, don't they, to get their final... How many people do they have? How many places do they have? Is it four now, I think it is, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Um, and, and they... I, I mean, I find I find the various ways that people qualify for things quite confusing. Well, I mean, Australia are not even in their own continent, and they're right, exactly. <laughs> um, yes, because after obviously Harry Redknapp opened his account as the 
guru for Jordanian football. He with an eight nil win, he then got hammered by Australia, and all of a sudden it was not so rosy over there. It's like, um, did you see his quotes afterwards? Um, I didn't know. Well, they lost five one to Jordan. Lost five one to Australia. Jordan actually, if they had won, they probably could have qualified ahead of Australia. Uh, Redknapp bemoaned that uh, we've. Um, we're working with what we've got. These players aren't Ronaldo. I'm doing the best with what I have. <laughs> and and to be fair, you know, to be fair, he's right. But it, you know, it's proper Teflon stuff, isn't it? But that's, I mean, that's that's Harry. Oh, definitely. Um, you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just read it, and I thought I could just imagine him saying that. Though that's the thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, with that slightly glazed look in it. <laughs> yeah, it does look like a sort of St. Bernard, doesn't he? That's <laughs> uh, one way of putting it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Australia made it through to the final twelve, as of Qatar, Saudi Arabia, Syria. Um, despite being mm-hmm. five 0 by Japan, and uh, playing all their home games somewhere else for very obvious and sad reasons. Yeah, they play in in, in Amman, don't they? They do. Yeah. Uh, the United Arab Emirates, Uzbekistan, um, China, Iraq, Iran, and South Korea. I think Japan as well. Um, Iraq beat Vietnam one 0 Otherwise, Vietnam would have gone through. Imagine having Iraq and Syria at the World Cup. Yeah, I mean Iraq have have not got a bad side. No, um, well they were the um, Asian champions, weren't they? A few yeah. years ago. Um, and you know it is it, it's good to to see, if nothing else, the kind of the maintenance of of an infrastructure and some semblance of normality hmm. in what is obviously otherwise a, a country that's suffering deeply still. Um, same goes for Syria. Arguably, Syria is suffering more. Um, but you know, it would be it would be a really good sort of symbol of of the ability to persevere through adversity. Adversity probably undersells what's happening there. Shenanigans, <laughs> <laughs> carnage, terror, yeah. um, genocide. I don't really know, but yeah, all it, that stuff. It would be great if if um, if at least one of them got through. Yeah, definitely. Um... CONCACAF, USA, USA beat Guatemala 4-0. USA were in real trouble before that qualifier. Um, it was Trinidad at top. They beat St. Vincent 6-0. They're on 10 points. Then USA on 7 and Guatemala on 6. So that win puts them above them. Um, Costa Rica 3, Jamaica 0. Uh, they're top of their group with 10 points ahead of Panama with 7. Mexico uh, are 8 points clear of Honduras. They beat Canada 2-0. Honduras 2, El Salvador 0. Any idea why this match might be a little bit of needle in it? Um, because they're right next to each other. The football war. Oh, yeah. The 1969 football between Honduras and El Salvador. Some slight political dispute played out in a two-legged World Cup qualifier, uh, which led to a six-day war between the two teams, or two <laughs> two, two countries. Uh, I was unaware of this. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I'd, we shouldn't laugh about war, but... but well, it no, does. it's a very odd reason to go to war. I mean, it, 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 there was it there is. were very other underlying reasons. Um, but, you know, there were... Uh, football was part of it. I think between the legs, one team beat... I can't remember which way around it was. One team beat the other. Um, and so despairing was one person that they shot themselves. Christ. Yeah. Well, anyway, it all happened a long time ago, so we can laugh. Yeah. <laughs> can we? Is that... Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know anybody from that round there. Okay. Uh, in uh Paraguay drew 2-2 with Brazil. They took a 90-second Dani Alves equaliser. 90-second uh, minute Dani Alves equaliser. Um, Uruguay won 
Peru nil with Edison Cavani. Uh, Colombia three, Ecuador one, Venezuela one, Chile four, Argentina two, Bolivia nil. Uh, Messi scores his 50th goal for Argentina and is only six behind the record holder who is... Um, well, I want to say Maradona, but that's almost too obvious. Mm. Is it what is it, Mario Campos? No, Batistuta. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so Batty goal. Batty goal. Yeah. He, he loved a smashed-in free kick. He did. Oh, he had the best celebrations. Either the machine gun or the tummy up his belly in a pregnant wife yeah. kind of way. He was a wonderful player to watch. He really was. He was brilliant. Uh, Uruguay thirteen points at top with Ecuador on thirteen. Argentina 11, Chile 10, so the top four go through. Uh, in fifth place in the playoff spot is Brazil. Mm. Although South American qualifying does have this kind of, you know, halfway through it starts regressing to the mean and, and the, the good sides usually rise up. Yes. It's, um, you well, know, it's... They end up playing some oceanic team, don't they? Um, yes, I think they do, which is usually New Zealand. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. They'll be all right then. Says, says enough, really, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, should we do a bit of news? Yeah, go on then. Um, apparently, 100 Premier League players may have to leave this country if we vote yes to Brexit. Um, mm. I'm a floating voter till I discover that one of those will be Dejan Lovren. So my mind is now made up. <laughs> oh, Dejan. <laughs> he was all right for us. Uh yeah, if you listen to Rory Smith of the Times, he said that it was Leon you bought him from, wasn't it? Yes, it was. They tried flogging him for two years and no one would buy him. And then you lot came in and they couldn't believe their look. <laughs> and then you couldn't believe your look when we came in. Uh, yes. I mean, I think that's, I think we kind of, we, we sold you a couple of good players and, and snuck him under the radar. Yeah. To be fair, did. I couldn't believe when you bought Ricky Lambert for a million. <laughs> that's four million that was, wasn't it? No, was it? I oh, no, it was. Yes. We bought him for a million. Yes. From Bristol... City. City, yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. To, be, to be fair, his goal-scoring record was all right for you. Yeah. I'm, I'm he was four million quid nowadays. Right. Well, yeah, I suppose. Um, no, he he was a fantastic player. He was just very clearly on the wane and didn't seem to be in any way a natural fit for the sort of football that Brendan Rodgers was trying to play at the time. But no. when has that ever stopped Brendan Rodgers buying anyone? Uh, no, indeed. Um, Burnley have posted a £30.1 million profit, uh, which doesn't include any Danny Ings tribunal money. Um, they're four points clear of Brighton in second place, who they play on Saturday. But they've managed to... Uh, I think they bought Turf Moor back, and they've managed to redevelop their club shop and offices. It's all right, isn't it, if you're Burnley? Yeah, I I saw Burnley beating Brentford three one um, a, what a month or so ago, mm. um, and they were they were an impressively powerful side. They were a bit reductive, if I'm honest, but you know Sean Dyche is is a good manager, and obviously they've been in the Premier League recently. Um, and what Tom Heaton's in the England squad, and and he's their captain. He's Hockey Burnley's captain. captain. Yeah. Yeah, you see they're cropping up all over the place. Yeah. Um I mean it's it's difficult to feel happy about any side that Joey Barton's playing for. But he used to play for my team. Um yes he did, didn't he? Yes. He did. Um but but yeah, I mean, fair play to them. In a in a in a football world gone mad financially, they're obviously doing stuff right on and off the pitch. So yeah. 
don't think anyone can moan about that. No. Um, Gary Neville's not in a very good week, is he? No. Um, apparently he was sacked from Valencia about a week or so ago, but the only person he told was Roy Hodgson. And they've only released the news today. Or yesterday. I mean, Roy would be a natural confidant for me, I'll be honest. Yeah. It's Phil Neville staying on, though. Which is even weirder. Because he, he saw off... The, I mean, you don't, you'd understand... Because he was there with the last manager, wasn't he? And you kind of understand him staying on for his brother. Yeah. But yeah. staying on after his brother's gone, this is like almost Ryan Giggs territory, isn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Ryan Giggs is extraordinarily loyal in some respects. There's a fantastic article this week on the Manchester United Rankcast website. Um, Paul sometimes with his parish is... Uh, podcast and it's all about ryan Giggs and whether he's a bit of a snake in the grass i got a feeling he might be um yeah i mean i think if you're i don't know snake in the grass maybe i if you're if you're a player who's who's been that good for that long then you've got to be extraordinarily mentally tough and ambitious and he isn't going to be sticking around at Manchester United for any reason other than he wants to manage it at some point. Yeah. Um, and whether that means that he would go so far as to undermine actively Louis van Gaal, I don't know. But it it seems a bit naive to assume that his loyalty to the club is in any way predicated on who's in the top job at the time. It's it's because he wants it himself at some juncture. Yeah. Um. Lionel Messi has donated some boots to a charity auction to help uh, the poor of Egypt, which is very nice, isn't it? Um, yeah, I think it's probably the least that a professional footballer could do, to be honest. However, if you are local MP and TV station pundit uh, Saeed Hassassin, um, you wouldn't be so happy. Whose shoes do you want to sell? Uh, the nail of an Egyptian baby is worth more than your nails. Keep your shoes to yourself. Uh, who then took off his own shoes and offered to donate them to the poor of Argentina. <laughs> yeah okay well and what did he get for them uh i don't a think he's done it yet polite round of applause maybe <laughs> and leaping to um messi's defense was mido do you remember him i do remember mido yes yes overweight and not terribly consistent in front of goal that's the one middlesbrough briefly middlesbrough west ham roma uh spurs yeah. And I think he's now something to do with Al-Akhli. Okay. I think, or Zamalek, one of those. I get them very confused. I know they don't like each other very much, but... Not not enormously, no. No, um, but I know he's def- definitely one of them. Um, Rumours, some quick yay or nay to these. I saw this from a West Ham in the know person. Um, James Rodriguez to West Ham. <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, this is the club that somehow... However, they managed it. Um, <laughs> secured Carlos Tevez and Javier Mascherano. So they did. M- maybe there's some seriously Gucci third-party ownership shit in the works that we don't know about. Mm. I can't see it happening, though. I really can't see it happening, no. no. It, the same in the no person did say that Slavin Bilic was the best manager in the league. That had me thinking for a little bit. Um... Yeah, how how long was a little bit? Because I've just thought about it and realised it's not true. Um, probably about the same length of time as what you just thought. To be okay. honest with you, but yeah, yeah, I did this sort of think. Well, that's I thought that's a good shout. And then I thought, is it? And I had a think, and I thought, no, no. 
Um, Joe Allen or Jordan Ive to Watford? Uh, they've done okay, haven't they? Thunder Klopp? Uh, yes, Joe, Allen's, <laughs> Joe Allen's done something terrible to his face. Yes, he looks a bit like something from the Shire. Yeah, or or Stig of the Dump. Yes. Yeah. Um I've never I've never really been convinced by Joe Allen. He seems like a he seems like the sort of player who who should be justifiable on the basis of of stats but actually isn't. The Welsh savvy. Um yeah, sure. Uh <laughs> Jordan Ibe, I think, is a real prospect. I'd, I'd be very surprised if Liverpool let him go. Yeah, I think he's very good. He, one of the first games of the season, it might have been the Klopp's first game against Spurs, he gave Ibe a bit of a slap on the face, you know, in this sort of friendly way as they're all walking off the pitch at the end, but it did look quite hard. <laughs> Someone pointed this out to Klopp before the next match, and Klopp said, well, maybe no one's done it to him before he needs one, and gave out a great big Klopp laugh afterwards. <laughs> I, I honestly, I fucking love that man. I did. <laughs> I kind of, it, it's, I know it's, it's the achingly football hipster to, to really like Jurgen Klopp, and obviously from his Borussia time, but you, it's impossible to watch video clips of him. And not just think he's an incredibly fun human being. Oh yeah, definitely. Regardless of any ability as a football manager, which obviously he's got, but he just seems so fucking genial. Hmm. Everything's a joke. Everything's funny. Every time, every time you, or I would imagine ninety percent of the time you see a picture of him on the internet, he's in a press conference laughing. Yeah, just beaming. Yeah, just. I mean, he's a. You know, he he just has a very. Uh, I'm sure he's as tightly wound as the rest of them, but he manages to convey the, the sense that it's all kind of a big joke, really, um, and that he's happy to be where he is. And, you know, it's kind of... It, I, I think that, genuinely, I think that transmutes itself to the players. I mean, you look at how other managers handle the media and, and you know, the classic example, Mourinho's acerbic attacks on everybody creating this so-called siege mentality and so on. Mm. If if I were a footballer, not that that'll ever happen, obviously, <laughs> but if I were, I'd much rather have a guy standing out the front who just seems to be taking the piss out of everything all the time mm. than, than somebody who's out there berating people and being angry and hating on everyone. Yeah. It just seems like a much happier place to be. Oh, yeah, definitely. You'd come into work feeling a lot jollier, wouldn't you? Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, Testagen to Manchester City. That's one for you, isn't it? Your friend might be replaced. Yeah. Well, obviously, I'd, you know, I'd be delighted by that, although I pity anyone who picked him up. Um, I would be surprised if that happened. I mean, I know, uh, you know, I know there's, there's, um, there's links between Barca and Man City, at the sort of um, director of football level, but um, I can't see why Barca would want Ter Stegen to leave. It would take an extraordinary offer mm. to prize him away, and I can't see why he would want to go. Um, he, you know, he's done well there. He seems like a very, very uh, good fit for that style of football. Um, he's prone to the odd Neuer-like lapse in judgment i think but you you get that with that sort of very dynamic sweeper keeper it happens um and what he brings on the plus side is is so positive that i you know he he fits in very well there i just that that to me doesn't make a lot of sense no uh mctarian to arsenal 
Makes a lot more sense, mm. um, not least because it's yet another attacking midfielder. Yeah. Um, but again, I mean, Borussia Dortmund are kind of re-establishing themselves, and and you'd sort of you'd look at that and and wonder why he'd want to go. Yes. And please, 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 Mario Goetze to Liverpool. <gasps> yes, 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 yes. Well, yeah. I mean, Goetze, Goetze's not. Um, played nearly as much this season at Bayern um, as he did previously, I think I'm right in saying. Nice. Um, so the opportunity to, to reacquaint himself with uh, Klopp, um, obviously he, he kind of grew and flourished under mm-hmm. before moving down south, would, would probably be attractive to him, as long as there's no kind of beef between those two um, because of that, and there obviously isn't if people are talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um and and he he's a wonderful player. He scored the winning goal in a World Cup final. Like you know, I think Liverpool would be would be delighted to take him. Um, I think Bayern would probably be able to command a pretty hefty transfer fee for him, even if he does want out. Um, but it would be it would be an interesting move. I don't think it's that unlikely. No, I think he's got a year left of his contract. Which, mind you, nowadays, that doesn't really mean very much. You still get players with a year left on the contract going for, you know, sort of 20, 30 million, don't you? Well, yeah, because if you're buying and you've got the squad that they've got, um, then you can say, you know, Mario, fine, if you don't want to sign a new contract, you can just sit around for a year. Hmm. And and you'll get less fit and, and less sharp. And if there is teams out there that are desperate to buy, then they'll still chuck money at a player rather than wait. Definitely. Uh, right, should we talk some Premier League? Yeah, go on. Go on then. It's back. Club football is back. Whee! <laughs> uh, right, the early game on Saturday, Aston Villa versus Chelsea. This is the Andy Townsend derby. Right. Uh, Remy Gard's gone. Snuck out. Yeah, good day. Very bad news. <laughs> I mean, like, I couldn't believe that when I saw it come out. That was sneaky. And then it? I thought for one second, I was like, oh, yeah, no, it's Aston Villa. They're capable of literally anything. <laughs> um, I, I feel very sorry for him. Um, I think he's I think he's a good manager um, who was dumped into a pretty poisonous environment uh, and had a squad of players, you know, of whom maybe three, four possibly performed for him. Um, Has Gabby Abonahal been in the paper today for being a so-and-so? Not that I've noticed, but I my interaction with the newspapers today has been doing all the Sudokus in the Metro and nothing else. Aston Villa striker Gabby Abonahal hits back over quote-unquote hooker and booze party. Oh! <laughs> so for old time's sake. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you know... Oh, it's... It's, it's not hooker as in... Julia Roberts and Pretty Woman. It's a sheesh she pipe. Oh, right. Oh, hookah. Hookah. Okay. Um, well, that's less exciting. Mm. There's a uh, picture of him on the front of the star with a big blonde pink one in his mouth smoking it. Yeah, I mean... And he's also wearing a pink hat, so he's got a matching hookah and hat. Fairly incontrovertible evidence, I suppose, isn't it? Yes, I would imagine so. Yeah, I mean, you know, that, that squad has has just been shite, hasn't it? Um, Adressa Gay has been very good. Um, Jordan Amavi looked good before he got injured. Uh, Carlos Gill, likewise. And Jordan Ayew has been all right. And that's mm. a, that's about it, really. You know, I, 
I can't see them getting anything from this game. No, they've lost their last six, scoring two, conceding 18. Um, Chelsea, unbeaten in the league under um, Hiddink. Unbeaten, yes, but they haven't won many. Lots of draws, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. Well, they've won seven out of eight versus Villa. Yeah, I mean, that's Villa, isn't it? Um, I I guess... um, you know, Hiddink's in a funny position, isn't he? I don't, I don't think anyone quite knows what's happening yet. Um, they did at least. It's an open secret. Conte's coming, isn't it? Um, oh, it is now, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, I suppose. But mm, I mean, until these things are confirmed, you never really know, do you? But he was, he was brought in to steady the ship, and yeah. he's done that very professionally. Um, and. It's going to be a big rebuilding job with a shit ton of money thrown at it for whoever does come in. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but I don't think that's going to affect this result. Uh, no, no, I think it's pretty foregone. Yeah, yeah. I, the only thing <clears throat> I'm thinking about this against guard is I wonder what his thought process was for taking the job. Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, I mean. The Premier League is superior to Liga. Yeah, I suppose so. That's and and I guess as well. You probably you probably don't know just how bad things are behind the scenes until you actually get there. Um, and it, you know he may have he may have been courted and and thought, oh, okay, so it's all going to be sunshine and roses. And and you know, they brought in a number of French players. Um, and he probably felt like he would be quite at home there. Mm. Um, so I can understand why he why he moved. Um, they've been linked today with Gary Monk, I think. Oh, really? Uh, I've seen them linked with Gary Neville as well. And <laughs> <laughs> I know which Gary I'd rather have. Yeah, yeah. Gary Monk, he, he looks like a car salesman. You can imagine him in some kind of Nissan company issue fleece in a forecourt selling you a car. But really nicely, not, yeah. not with any pressure. Yeah. Just, I, I've, you know, you, you, you seem like you might need this car. I think it would be really good for you. Yeah, it wouldn't uh, be very pushy. It wouldn't be sort of Harry Redknapp no. or anything. No, no. Well, Harry Redknapp would say, listen, you know, the, these cars are all right, but I've got this mate. <laughs> <laughs> and his cars are, but they're cash, cash in hand only. Yeah, my mate yeah. called Eric Hall. All right. <laughs> you want to yeah. buy a car off of him. Yes. <laughs> uh Arsenal versus Watford. Um, FA Cup revenge for Arsenal, do you reckon? Um, well, this... I mean, there's there's a few games this weekend that will have a significant impact on on the title. And, and this and Liverpool-Tottenham, which I'm sure we'll come to, is one of them. If, if Arsenal can can win this and, and sustain pressure, at least by kind of, you know not falling behind then it it will be quite a big result for them given what could happen elsewhere um and i think they'll be very keen to do that i mean you always feel with arsenal yeah okay they've won the fa cup a few times recently and and that's clearly something they do take quite seriously but i think they really centered the opportunity um to get the title this season and, and i don't think they will have given up on that even as their chances dwindle. So I think they'll hit this with all guns blazing. That's not to say Watford will be a pushover, because they've been really impressive. Um, but I think this game matters an awful lot more than the FA Cup game did. Hmm. Um, Bournemouth-Manchester City, did you see the Dima Kalis news today? 
the betting stuff. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. Not as much was made of this on the internet as I thought. I thought there'd be lots of um, no one could tell how badly he was playing. I thought there'd be lots of jokes about his form and. I think there was, was yesterday. Oh, was there? Mm. Oh, right. Okay. But he was, he, was, he was betting on foreign games. Oh, was he? I don't think he was betting on on English matches. Oh, that's all right. He always strikes me as some kind of Russell Crowe lookalike. I think that's a bit unkind to Russell Crowe. Do you think? Yeah. What, Russell Crowe? You've seen Russell Crowe now. He looks like he's eaten a Russell Crowe, Russell Crowe does. I've, I've not seen... I'm just Gladiator. No. Yeah, he doesn't look like he did in Gladiator. Okay. Oh, no. well. I mean, it happens to all of us. <laughs> I can see Bournemouth winning this. You know, they've won three out of their last four. Uh, City have lost four out of their last six and only one win. Yeah. I, I, City are pretty dead in the water, aren't they? Yeah. Um, and again, sort of suffering from, you know, it, what's all going to happen at the end of the season, ructions and... I think some of those players will be cruising because they know they're safe and some of those players will be disinterested because they know they'll be cleared out. Mm. Um, and and I can see... I mean, I, I'm a, a big fan of this Bournemouth team. I'm a big fan of Eddie Howe. Um, and and some of their players like Harry Arter, I think, are really, really good. So it, it would be great to see them. And, and they've done well against supposed bigger clubs this season. It's been one of their one of their strengths. So, um, you know, if they could win this and, and kind of put a bit more daylight between them and relegation, I think that, that would be really good. Um, Bournemouth have got eight goals from the opening 15 minutes, which is the highest in the Premier League. So they start pretty well. Um, City have scored 11 from outside the box this season. I reckon most of those are probably Yaya, aren't they? You would think so, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um. This is a big game, is it? Norwich, Newcastle. This is the real Fox derby, actually. This is, isn't it? Yeah, a massive game. Um, um, especially because Norwich have got, uh, I think they've got West Ham next week and then Sunderland the week after. Yes. And, it, you know, it's one of those... I don't I don't dislike either of these teams. I, I don't feel hugely affectionate towards Newcastle, but I think... I think if if Newcastle and Sunderland were to both go down and Middlesbrough not to get promoted, it would be quite weird to not have a team from the northeast in in the league. Mm. Um, and I certainly feel more positive towards Newcastle than I do towards Sunderland for a, a host of reasons. Um, it just, I think this, I think this is the sort of game that will be so nervy um, and so so important that it'll end up being a really shit nil nil draw. I want Norwich to win. Nor- we go back to Championship Manager. I always, when I was Championship Manager 2000, I was Norwich City. Um, because... Is that when they had Phil Mulrine? Yes, Championship Manager legend. Yeah. I'd have Phil Mulrine in midfield with Antonio Cassano and Zinedine Zidane. <laughs> <laughs> and Paul Dangleish playing just off them. And that right there is the joy of it. The... <laughs> but you, you would start the season with about £500,000 of your transfer kitty. But someone would come in for Andy Marshall. Crystal Palace would come for Andy Marshall and buying for three million pounds, and that was it. You were set, and then you just go <laughs> buying. You, know, you go buying Frederick Berglund in Scandinavia and people like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, this was the six two, wasn't it? St James's Park. Do you remember? Um, when Alderham I... got four of the goals. Right, I don't remember that, but I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Norwich got four points in the last two games, didn't they? They beat West Brom and they got that draw with City. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's 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 all it's so okay. Villa are down, like you know that's going to happen. But yeah. but the rest of it just is very um, 
very up in the air, I think. And whichever team I think is able to, to not panic particularly is probably the one that will do best. I, I don't think that no one's going to suddenly discover how to play really great football. Um, it's it's about not thinking we're fucked. There's nothing we can do about this. Hmm. Rafa uh, needs a win, doesn't he? Because you talk yeah. about the new manager bounce and he's come in and he lost his first game to Leicester, drew the second one to Sunderland. We're now two weeks later, all of a sudden it looks a bit stale, but, doesn't it? But that is a really harsh introduction. Oh, yeah. Know, and, and the new manager bounce is, generally speaking, it, you know, if it's a thing at all, it lasts for three games. Soconomics um, said it's a thing. Right. Well, yeah, they, yes, they said it was sort of a thing, but they said that it wasn't necessarily anything to do with the actual manager. No. Uh, well, they said sort of a thing over about five pages. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you just, but... you just denigrated their work there. <laughs> no, I'm a huge <laughs> fan of that book. Um, but, but to come in and A, to have no experience of, of managing in a relegation dogfight and then to have to face the league leaders and your fierce local rivals in the first two games mm. is a bit of a punch in the face. And there, I'm sure there are many people that would love to deliver Rafa Benitez a bit of a punch in the face, but, um, they're, it's they're bad people. Right. Okay. Well, you would say, that, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's harsh and I don't think this game is, is any easier. Um, and it, you know, he's, yeah, he's managed to secure a contract that says he can fuck off if they get relegated. And I think, it would be it would be silly to say that he therefore doesn't care what happens. Um, I think he's a he's almost um, obsessively keen on on winning and on on being employed at a football team, so he'll want to do well. But it's it's really tough for them, um, and I wonder what it's like being in the dressing room there, particularly as this is a dressing room that will desert a manager at the drop of a hat, as we saw last season. Yeah. You know, knowing that the guy who's come in, who's got a massive reputation and is a European Cup winner, made it very sure that that he had and that everyone knew that he had an exit clause. That that doesn't necessarily inspire confidence. No, will they be in the news as well this week? Can't they with Jonas Gutierrez? Yeah, that's true. I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. I mean, it's it's all a bit it's all a bit sad, really, isn't it? It is uh, really. Um. Norwich win this. Norwich fourth bottom. So you got Villa on sixteen. There, we can't really say they're gone. Um, they're New- gone. Yeah, Newcastle are our next bottom on twenty five. Then you have got Sunderland twenty six. Norwich twenty eight. So Norwich win this, uh, and of course Sunderland will get on to in a second. They're um, uh, they're at home to West Brom. So Norwich could do themselves a real favour here while pulling away. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, it's it's a pivotal game. This, I think. I think Sunderland's luck probably has run out, um, I, and I would I would suggest that that it'll be Newcastle or Norwich who escape, and so this this obviously is going to be absolutely crucial. Okay, um, Stoke Swansea. Swansea are fifteenth on thirty six points. They're ten points clear. <clears throat> they're they're safe, aren't they? Yeah, which is great. Um, I I I mean I I was disappointed when they got rid of Monk because I. For all his used car salesman stuff, I actually quite like him. Um, but I think Guidelin's done a good job, um, and and they're the sort of team who I I quite like. They they play quite an attractive style of football. They're a generally decent club in terms of how they run and what they do. Um, 
and and I, I think it's good that they're safe. Yeah, Wheedling and Alan Curtis on the sidelines, they're kind of like Stadler and Waldorf for the Muppets, aren't they? <laughs> That's a good analogy. <laughs> uh, Sunderland then, so they're at home to West Brom. At Sunderland, of course, won't have Emmanuel Abue, will they? No, they won't. No. His contract's been terminated uh, after he's got a 12-month playing ban by FIFA for, I think he owns owes money to his agent, doesn't he? Yes, yes. So, um, and, and how morally responsible of Sunderland to leap straight in there and, and cancel his contract without even suspending him first. Like, <laughs> they've got such a good record of that. It's almost oh, like they've learned a lesson. It's just, yeah. I, I mean, th- I did think about this. He's made no appearances for them, but does he keep a signing on fee? Yeah, he must do. Has he just turned up and got two million I pounds? I assume so. Yeah, brilliant. I mean, I, I will be entirely honest with you. I didn't even know he was there. So... <laughs> So it came as news to me that he had been he'd been you know released from a club I didn't even know he was at because <laughs> he'd be, he'd been over in in Turkey for a while. Yeah, he was at Fenerbahce. Oh no, Galatasaray he was at, wasn't he? So you know it was. Um... He's only been for a couple of weeks. Right. Well, there you go. Yeah, I hope Sunderland sink without a stone and don't come back for a long time. Uh, Defoe though has scored twelve, hasn't he? So it might not happen. I mean, Defoe for the Euros, man. Yeah. Well, I, I I had a look the other day uh, at the uh, who scored um, player ratings, and if you if you were to pick a squad based on who the form players this season have been, Defoe would be in it. Well, Ross, you uh, before of this podcast, he suggests that is how you should pick your national team: just the eleven best players at that particular point in time. I, it's quite difficult to demure from that. I mean, to be obviously, you've got to, you've got to have an understanding that that that's not going to apply across all positions. And centre back, for example, is an area that we've obviously got a significant weakness in. So, you you might struggle to fill out a squad. I think goalkeeping as well. Actually, I, from from doing this, if you do it, you pick. Uh, you pick Hart, Butland, and Forster, but Forster's qualification is despite the fact he's not played enough games really to be in the full list. Um, so you know there are areas where if you did that, you'd have to go beyond the best twenty-three players in order to fill out all of the positions properly. Mm. But it makes a lot of sense, and actually, if you look at who the form players are. In terms of and who scored is is but one rating system. Um, you are looking at Harry Kane and Eric Dyer and Deli Ali and Jamie Vardy and you know <laughs> the people that you would expect. Kyle mm. Walker, it's it, Danny Rose. They are they're all the obvious picks. Danny Drinkwater's in there as well. It's like and you, you kind of think actually that that I'm not saying that Hodgson's looked at the who scored index, <laughs> but, <laughs> but he just... has he has picked on form. More than reputation, certainly for these friendlies. Yeah, until Rooney comes back. Yeah, but then Rooney's, you know, Rooney's had an injury, and I, you know, I think I think calls to to say bring back Jack Wilshire a bit silly. Yes. Um, simply because he's not played. I don't, you know, your my opinion on Jack Wilshire as a footballer should be neither here nor there this season because he hasn't played any football. Mm. Um, but. Rooney, I think there's a different argument. I do genuinely feel that at big tournaments like this, leadership is very important. 
having players in the squad who've got experience of international tournaments is very important. Um, and when you've got what is otherwise a very young side, I mean, this, for example, is why I would half-heartedly consider picking Phil Jagielka as one of the two centre-backs, simply so that there's actually a player in the starting lineup that's older than 25 or 26. You know, it's um, there, there do need to be some of those guys around um, because I think teams do fold if they don't have them when it gets to the latter stages of big tournaments. And mm. that, that would be my argument for having Rooney in the squad, but not in the starting lineup. OK. Um, West Ham Crystal Palace, this is the Alan Pardew derby, isn't it? It is. Um, and and again... Alan Pardew is going to be on the receiving end. I fear. Uh, yes, I fear you might be right as well. I mean, I don't, I don't fear it, actually. That's a silly way of No, I, I'd, I'd embrace it if it I quite look forward to <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, I mean, they're on 33 points. And if Norwich get this win, then they're in this Crystal Palace, aren't they? They kind of are. And and it's that's weird, given you know what the beginning of the season was like. And, and considering that they've, they've spent quite a lot of money. Hmm. Oh, Kabai, not least. Um, they've got a good squad of players. Uh, incidentally, there's, you know, if, if you were picking centre backs on form, you'd be looking at Scott Dan. Um, it's, it's, it's weird to see them having dropped off so much. Um, but I don't think they're quite bad enough to get dragged into it. Do you ever do this thing where if someone's name gets mentioned, you do some kind of Pavlovan response? Um, yeah, it usually involves, like, bunching a fist. Well, no, whenever Damien Duff used to get the ball and the commentator said his name, I would always do the Homer Simpson beer afterwards. Okay. Scott Dan, I'd do the Alan Partridge Dan thing. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I can see how that would work. What's a clenched fist? Because I want to hit the person whose name has just been mentioned. (laughs) Fair enough, I understand. Um... Palace won this 3-1 last season. Two goals from Glenn Murray. They missed him, didn't they? Yeah, which is a weird thing to say, really, isn't it? Yeah. Because you wouldn't think that Glenn Murray would be the sort of player that you would miss. But then they've got... What's that guy's name? The really crap one. Adebayor? No. Another... Oh, sh- Murray Schumach. No. See, like, he's another one. That's a, he does... pre- pretty much the worst. Yeah, but you say that, but then Shamak, when he was playing as a deep-lying striker at the beginning of the season, was really good. Shamak, I'd do the Michael Jackson Shimon. Oh, yeah, fair. <laughs> um, no, D- Dwight Gale. Dwight Gale, yes. Dwight Gale. Surely one of the worst people to consistently play Premiership football. Oh. Up there with Lewis Graben, in my opinion. Mikel Beck. <sighs> yeah, but not consistently. He was in that team. He was in that Middlesbrough team with Fabrizio Ravinelli and Genia. And then you think, well, Mikel Beck, what on earth is he doing near this football team? Mm. Captain of that team, of course, was Nigel Pearson. Indeed. Who also has been linked with the Villa job. Yeah, now you see, that makes sense. Um, because he'd be an arsehole among arseholes. <laughs> well, yeah, he'd be king arsehole. Yeah. But no, I think he'd be the... I mean, he's got Leicester promoted from League One, he's got Leicester promoted from the Championship, and nearly did it once before that as well. I mean, the worst thing about Nigel Pearson is that you you can't really argue with his results. It's a bit like Jamie Vardy. You know, they're (laughs) they're clearly unpleasant people who happen to be good at what they do. Yeah. Which makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, I understand. Um, Liverpool Spurs. Oh, there's a few derbies for this. This is Paul Stewart, Paul Walsh, or even Leonardson. 
this is such a big game um, because Spurs are Spurs are in everyone's hearts, aren't they? Because of England, <laughs> um, <clears throat> but they're also you know they're breathing down the neck of Leicester. Um, but they're coming up against the Liverpool side. They're starting to to find the fluency and and the style that Klopp wants. Well, they won three out of their last four. They're only that well, the one out of that four was that lost to Southampton last time. Your boys after being two 0 up, right? Yeah, that was a that was a lovely game. Mm. Mm, I know, mm. I know. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I I think I think this could be. Uh, like I say, you know, and and we'll, we'll come on. I'm assuming next to to Leicester against Southampton. Oh, we will. You've you've looking at the same website I was looking at. I probably yeah. Um, <laughs> other websites are available, but the BBC is the easiest to use. Oh no, I um, went to the Premier League. Oh right. Oh, I'm on the BBC, mate. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Um, um, well, but, Liverpool have. Sorry, go on. You know, I, yeah. If 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 results happen a certain way, then then this this will be a really really big weekend because I can see. Liverpool beating Tottenham, I can see Southampton beating Leicester, and I can see Arsenal beating Watford, and all of a sudden things look ever so slightly different. They do. Uh, the only sort of stats against that are Liverpool against Spurs in their last six have won five and drawn one, uh, and Spurs have won one out of 21 at Anfield. Mm. No, that's that's what I mean. I think Liverpool will beat Spurs. Oh, right, OK. Do you know what? Yeah, I mean, Liverpool, you will see, do well against the bigger teams and annoy the crap out of their supporters by losing to the smaller ones <laughs> <laughs> which is how they've been for the last 25 years but yeah but there we go um southampton are away to leicester now are you one of these people that are looking for leicester to win the premier league you're quite happy with that um but, yeah i mean yes i suppose i th- i think if someone put a gun to my head i'd actually probably prefer I probably prefer Spurs to win, to be honest. Oh, uh, would you? I I think they're more attractive, um, the way they play, and and they're managed by Pochettino, who I love. What about um, Cuddly Claudio? Well, I, you can't argue that he's done a, an extraordinary job there, mm. um, and and Kante's probably my favourite player of the season, who's not a Saints player, but I just. I just think this Spurs side is really, really exciting, and and I think that that while what Leicester have done is extraordinary, um, there's more elegance um, to to the way that Spurs have gone about their game, and and if they won it, I'd be probably fractionally happier. I think whoever wins it, it because I think it'll probably still be one of those two. Um, it's great because it shakes things up a little bit. Um, and and that's that's good for for football, I suppose. But it's yeah. I mean, I'm not really. I don't know. It's a weird one, isn't it? You know, when your team's not in the running and probably never will be, mm. then who do you want to win? It kind of becomes a bit of a a non-question. Not not a non-question, but I guess that's why I go for it on aesthetic grounds rather than anything else. Who do I? This is why I used to really like watching Arsenal play because of the style. And when they won, I was happy because of the way they went about it. And I think Spurs have just just played more pretty football. Okay. Um, last game of the weekend is Manchester United Everton. Um, these are two very very funny old teams to predict. 
United have conceded just seven at home this season. Um, one of which was to your guys, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, and Everton can't hang on to a lead. Um, they've lost just one out of four away. They've won four out of their last seven Premier League encounters with United, though. Lukaku, though, 16-7. He is... Um, uh, he's proverbially on fire, though he has said this week he wants Champions League football next season. Yeah, which, you know, isn't very coded, is it? No. <laughs> um, but, but, yeah, which which means he wants to join Leicester or Spurs. <laughs> yes, it could do. I can yeah. see him at Manchester City. Um, yeah. Yeah, I could I could see that. Um, I, I could see him going back to Chelsea. Um, no, he said he won't go back to Chelsea. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I sorry, not that I could see it happening. I could see him fitting in very well there. Oh right, uh, okay. in terms of style. Um, I mean, I, I think he'd be an asset to any side. Um, I think he's a really, really good footballer. He plays so, with a smile on his face, doesn't he? We were talking about Klopp earlier on. Yeah, yeah, and and actually, you know, Liverpool would would be a place for him. I think. Yeah. Um, well, we gave them Gary Ablett. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. What uh, they they gave us Abel Xavier back again. He Abel's of the crap beard and steroids. Steroids? Didn't Xavier get banned for performance enhancing drugs? I think he's the only footballer in the Premier League to have been caught using a banned substance. Uh well quite possibly, I don't know. I mean, yes, he had the bad haircut, made him look a bit like Neptune. Um yeah, it's odd, isn't it? I mean, of all the footballers that have ever played in the Premier League, only one has ever taken drugs. Who would have thought that? I know. Well, <laughs> performance-enhancing drugs. Performance-enhancing drugs. Who would have thought that? Eh? At least I'm I, glad we don't have a doping problem in football. We absolutely don't. <laughs> yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, Romelu Lukaku is one of four players to score a hat trick against Manchester United in the Premier League. Do you know who the other three are? I, I'm going to guess that Shearer might be one. Nope. Uh, um, Drogba? No, let me give you a clue. One of them you have to put your hands up for. <laughs> That's a shit clue. <laughs> Dirk Kite. How is... I don't understand that clue. Put your hands up for Dirk Kite. He loves this city. I, I'm not going to know your chance, am I? That, well, it's, it's in put your hands up for Detroit. You know, I get it, but yeah. I just don't know Liverpool chance. <laughs> okay, so it's like, fair enough. I mean, it's so tenuous. Uh, yeah. Oh, well, the other one is Sammy Eto, and the other one is David Bentley. David Bentley. David Bentley. Fucking hell! Who's now running a bar in Spain because he turned his back on football? He hates football. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. there's quite a few footballers that can't stand football. I, I think there's probably quite a lot of football journalists who can't stand football. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> but they know which side their bread is buttered. That's pretty much how it goes, yeah. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. Olaf Milberg, we mentioned earlier on, he couldn't stand football. Um, and he just turned up for training, was amazing at it. Turned up yeah. for an actual match, was amazing at it. Never watched a game between it. He never sort of watched it on Sky Sports or anything. Brilliant. I love it. Can you imagine this? It's like the Benoit Asser Cotto kind of school of being a professional footballer, which is to say, it's a fucking job. Mm. Like, I don't have to love it. I don't have to be interested in it. It's a thing I'm good at. My, you know, you might be good at accountancy. I'm good at football. That's I, I think that's a much more refreshing view. Oh, it's fantastic. I mean, it's, it's very similar to Winston Bogard when he used to 
do nothing but get 40 grand a week at Chelsea. And he said, well, I'm here for the money. Why else would I be here? Right. <laughs> if somebody paid me 40 grand a week to do nothing, like, I'd fucking snap that hand off. Yeah, you wouldn't go, oh, no, my moral compass won't let me. Oh, fuck my moral compass. Not that I've got one anyway, but I'd, I'd just buy a shit ton of books and read them. It yeah. would be brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, one of the only decent things Bono has ever said is uh, it's no secret that a conscience can sometimes be a pest. Ah, yes. I see that Adam Clayton is now the GQ arts editor. Is he? Uh, th- yeah. I know. So we wonder why fucking British magazines are dying. <laughs> well, there's one reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, actually, going back to David James and Olaf Milberg not watching Sky, uh, he, not that he's a petty man or anything, um, he had a problem with his Sky dish once, and uh, they said, well, we can fix it, but it's going to take six weeks to fix. And he said, well, I'm not doing any interviews with you for the next six weeks. <laughs> and this is why he was at Portsmouth, and they went, well, fine, you'd crap anyway, so that's no problem. <laughs> Yeah, uh, imagine throwing a threat at somebody and having them just shrug at you. <laughs> like, yeah, okay. <laughs> well, Paul Stewart, who I briefly mentioned earlier on, he apparently did the Do You Know Who I Am line. He needed a loan from a bank manager. Yeah. Um, and the bank manager refused him, and Paul Stewart said, Do you know who I am? And the bank manager went, Yes, you're not very good. <laughs> <laughs> Which is even better than just a straight no. Yeah. <laughs> like, I yes. know who you are. I've followed your career with some interest, and it's not great. Yeah, exactly. You're rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> well, that brings us to the end of that, and brings us to the end of our podcast as well. Um, anything we've failed to mention tonight? Oh, I... World I, peace. I don't think so. No, I think we touched on world peace when we were discussing Syria and Iraq, didn't oh, we? Oh, we did, didn't we? Yeah. By implication. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so we have done everything. Pretty much, yeah. I think we've solved football. Well, that's it. Everyone can go to bed. Right. Brilliant. That's, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, so if they want to follow you on Twitter, how do they do that? Uh, it's at AFH Stuart with an EW. Okay. Uh, at Man on the Post is the Twitter feed for Man on the Post. Manonthepost.com is the website. Um, if anybody is interested in writing any articles uh, for the website, please, please, please get in touch. Chris at Manonthepost.com or Ross at Manonthepost.com is um, the email addresses to get in touch with. Uh, if you like what you hear, you can rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, you can also download through our Acast Overlords. Um, any rates and reviews we get are very, very grateful to see, particularly the good ones. Uh, I'm not sure whether the guys are here on Sunday or not. Um, if they are, you can also download them from Monday onwards. Um, thank you so much, Alex. It's been a long one, but thank you. Yeah, that's entirely my pleasure. Thank you. Yes, uh, and all that remains to be said is always keep your man on the post. Come on,